Well, at nearly an hour into the episode, I'm King Monkey. With me, as always, is Simmy. Hello, King Monkey. How you doing? I want to play a game. For too long, you have used this community to boost your ego and practice your so-called comedy. But today, you have a chance at redemption. You have before you a topic. Discuss it and add to the community. Or distract and seal your fate. The choice is yours. No. Hmm, it's kind of a tough one. Um, well, um, hmm, wow, I feel like I feel like I'm in serious jeopardy, and if I make the wrong answer, things could easily go pretty bad pretty quickly. Well, let me start telling you about my new cat. <laughs> well, turns out I lied. I don't have anything to say about my cat. <laughs> not so easy being in the director's chair, does it? <laughs> Probably not, no. Eh. But what can you do? You know what? It's RPGX Radio. Welcome, friends and players. Uh, you know what? Here's to season two, uh, right? You're ruining everything. You, mm. you, we had this whole idea. Mm, that's good. I had this whole thing. Yeah. And, and you're still going to do your stuff, aren't you? Uh-huh. I see how it is. <laughs> I had my whole thing <laughs> ready to go, but no. Okay, fine, fine. Well, I got to ask, you know, this is, I, I, like, I'm starting to think of this as season two. There's been a bit of a break uh, since our last since our last episode. Yes. At least I think there are. I don't, time is kind of <laughs> <laughs> these days, right? So yes. I presume it, it's what counts as a, a fair bit of time. But, well, yeah, kind of. Technically, this will be the second set of episodes since our big break. But yeah, we can talk about it like it's fresh. Because technically for us, since, you know, time is relative, the break hasn't Time's, finished yeah, yet. Yeah, sure. It's it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how it stretches and contracts in all the wrong places. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> Got curves <laughs> in all the wrong places. Yeah. Dangerous curves. But, you know, I'm, I gotta say, ever since the end of season one, with the you know, untold wealth that we earned from uh, It's a Verb LLC and their 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 sponsorship of our program. Untold. I, uh, it's untold. I haven't told. I haven't Did told. you tell? I haven't told. It's untold. Untold wealth is that we've, yeah, it's, I got to say, uh, I've really been enjoying the high life. Uh, I've uh, got like. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Is that legal wait, where you sir? are? Is, is the high life legal there? Fully. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Pretty much across the board. Illegal drugs are bad, kids. They are. They are. <laughs> there, there wasn't intended to be a question mark on the first one, even, but um, they are. They are. They are. They are. Yes, <laughs> they are. Wait, bad, yeah. right? You know what the truth is? I've act. I've never actually done drugs. I mean, I may have had some alcohol at one or two points in my life, but beyond that, I just never really never really appealed to me. Uh, you know what I think? I, I blame it on a lack of peer pressure when I was a youth. I, You know what? I had the same thing. I heard about people going to parties. Yeah. And I was never at those parties. No. I, no, was, I was busy playing for someone to peer pressure me into something I was not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, well, the closest I got peer pressured into doing something that I didn't want to do was rifts. <laughs> oh, oh, you did. <laughs> you had the worst end of yeah. the stick. Like drugs would have been better. <laughs> Uh, it's, what are you going to do, huh? It was a gateway system, but, uh, 
You know, I started with a little bit of Heroes Unlimited. Next thing I knew, hey, what could it hurt? Add a little ninjas and super spies. Then a buddy brings over Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then next thing you know, you're like, well, hey, I like Robotech. And I'm, what, you know, I've been playing D&D all this time, but they have Palladium Fantasy. Next thing you know, it's beyond the supernatural and then mechanoids. And then somebody rolls up with rifts and they're like, hey, man, all the cool kids are playing rifts. <laughs> and I fell for it. I fell for it. Yep. Step by step, they led you until you were too far in and you could not claw, claw your way out. I was a glitter boy, Sammy. I was a glitter boy. You were just a glitter boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an innocent glitter boy. I didn't yeah. know absolute power would corrupt absolutely. Next thing you know, I was looking at world, bill, world books and deciding whether a Splugorth was the right race for me. I was laughing in the face of people who punched me, and I was nuking their home cities from ten miles away. You never saw such a munchkin. Until one day I realized, this game's not very good. Wow, it seems like you might have gone through a bit of an evolution as a player. <gasps> what? Whoa! That's, that's weird. Is that connected to something? That feels. That feels. That feels connected. I have an idea. Okay. How about? How about? I propose the topic evolution as a player. Huh. That is a good hmm. idea. That. Yeah. Yeah. Only you came up with it. I just came up with we it. Never, I came up with it. We definitely right never now. had anyone submit that idea for a topic. Definitely not. I mean, no. Who would? Nobody who would. would think about it. <laughs> who talks to us? It's <laughs> crazy talk. That is that is insanity. Uh, still not invited to many parties, are you? <laughs> no, no. Me neither. I have to run no. the parties through the dungeons. <laughs> but up dump but up up jokes. Hey, uh, you know, I feel like we, we can't talk mm. about that yet, though. I feel like we're missing something. <laughs> I know I'm missing something. Oh, it's it's the palladium, right? Human interaction. It's oh, human oh, interaction. Oh, human interaction. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not that. <laughs> I'm not missing a palladium. Yeah. I'm alright. <laughs> I was worried about I'm you. Okay. I was like, you know, you know, you can call your sponsor, right? <laughs> yeah. You need to stay clean. Uh, it's like I've got the. I still have Heroes Unlimited and Ninjas and Super Spies in a backpack in the other room. I actually can Any see t- my Palladium book from where I'm sitting right now. Because <laughs> I bought it I gotta say, some of their systems are fine for what they are. Um, but as soon as you get to Rift, it's just like... Uh, it's, you know, the game Munchkin, which is, of course, an intentional parody. Right. Rift is that with the complete lack of self-awareness, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I do enjoy the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition riffs. I do very much enjoy that okay. so far. It's very fun system to put together. Yeah. And we may talk about that one day. Maybe. I've got maybe. all the stuff. I've got PDFs. I can share those. And we may do that someday. That sounds good. So, hey, hey. let's uh, remember how I mentioned living that living on the untold wealth provided to us by It's a Verbs Corporation. By who? Uh, yeah. That some I don't know. It's that guy who keeps harassing us with, "Hey, here's a verb. Here's a verb. Why don't you put a verb in your podcast?" Oh, oh, Kermit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Kermit. So now we have our 
traditional Kermit segment. It's a Kermit's random Kermit of the week. Kermit the verb. <laughs> so let me let me and his diehard <laughs> and his diehard sidekick slash girlfriend slash significant other Ms. Pronoun. Well, how about this? We're gonna switch. We're gonna switch the tables. Oh my God, that's not even the right. We're saying. switching the tables. We're get switching the table tables. Out of here and get the new one in here. I have generated a random verb. Oh, and oh. now we're gonna get see if you oh. can use it in a sentence. Oh no, sentence. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've been sentenced to random verbosity. Oh no, and your verb for the week is burn. 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 B u r n. Burn. Oh, not like B E R N. <laughs> no, not the capital of. Was it Sweden, Switzerland? Ah, I'm geography. Oh, not my strong. Way suit. to sound like an idiot. Everyone knows exactly what I meant. <laughs> Call in and let us know. Tell King Monkey how <laughs> silly he is for not knowing this super obvious thing that we all know. So obvious, I'm not even going to dignify it with a response. <laughs> Still looking it up on Wikipedia, are you? <laughs> Wait, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> was, was I supposed to actually, like, provide the evidence? No, I just tell you how obvious it is. Tell you to do your own research and then shut you down if you keep pushing on it. How about in the comments below, write down what what burn is the capital of? But you have to do I mean, it in Morse code. Yeah, in Morse code in the comments below this podcast. And you can't, you um, can't actually use dots and dashes. You have to write the word dot and dash. Yeah, and I don't mean the website or app where you download the podcast. I mean directly below the audio that you're experiencing now. Yeah, oh yeah, right down there. Please enter. Just I'm pointing the, to it right here. Where right here. wherever you are, blurt out the answer. Right here. In Morse code. <laughs> if you're on the bus, if you're at work, yep. uh, you know, if you're in church right now, I just want you to blurt out Morse code. The the name of the country of which Bern is the capital. If you're worried, I will allow you to wait until you're home, to go out your front door, and scream it at the top of your lungs. Megaphones will be provided. Yes. You have to find them, but they are provided free of charge. <laughs> it's, it's a hilarious scavenger hunt. Yes. I, I, I encourage you to knock on your neighbor's door and ask them if they were given the clue. <laughs> Do you have the clue? I need the, f- the megaphone to shout out the name of the country in Morse code. Yes. If you ask that <laughs> and you get anything but a confused look, <laughs> you found the right person. There you go. If you get a confused look, that's actually the person that I have personally planted next to you for this moment to lead you astray. I would definitely want someone to do that and write us their experience. <laughs> yes. A five-star review. On iTunes, of your experience of doing this. Because I am wholeheartedly endorsing you doing this. No reservations. Birched, don't even try and butt in here. Because Mm -hmm. I don't care. Get out of here, Birched. Get out of the control room. I am telling you to go out and do this. Right. Stop the pocket. Stop listening. Don't listen anymore until you do this. I'll wait. Psst, psst, Sammy. Sammy. What? They they should probably listen to the rest of the podcast. No, no, no. I'll wait. Go ahead. I'm waiting. Are you going to pause? Okay. I'm just going to wait for him. Okay. All right. While while we're waiting for that, did you think of uh, the, the use of the word "burn" in a sentence yet? Oh, oh, right. I have to do that, don't I? 
Um, you gotta, you have one job to do, man. It's not so easy when you're in the verbing seat, is it? No, it's super now, easy. But, but we switched the tables, and now it's on you. <laughs> because with that, with that very quickly, easily off the top of my head done satire, I burned King Monkey with how easy his job normally is. Zing. Zing. I am Zang. I have been sung. <laughs> So it's kind of funny we're talking about maturing as a player because we're clearly not talking about maturing as a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. That was one of the first things King Monkey asked when we started talking yeah, about I this just, concept. He's like, wait, wait. I, just, I, need to, I need to be clear. and We need to establish some ground rules. We're not talking about being mature as a person. Yeah, right? because we would – No, no. I mean, we can't That's, even pretend to talk about that topic. We are not the hosts for that particular show. Yeah. You, you are way out of the, out of the wrong mm. – I don't know, words. For that. Yeah, we stay in our lanes. Yes. When you switch the tables on us, then we're completely yeah. out of whack. Wait, we're switching tables again? I think we've done it three times, so it's still a reversal. Okay. Whew. It's like a triple negative. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's how that works. So, let's talk about it, though. Um, yeah, let's do that. When you've, I, I, uh, so, I will start off by saying, I'm right now um, in the process still of DMing a kid's game. Mm, and thing. so, I am playing, I am playing with some uh, young people. Uh, youngest of whom is age nine currently. Uh, oldest of oldest of the kids, I think, is thirteen. So between nine and thirteen, mm-hmm. and for them, it's their first um, experience playing Dungeons and Dragons. And so I can see in them the sort of stuff that I did, yes, to some extent. Where it is, I began playing D anD D, and it was unchecked id. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a complete uh, unrestrained power fantasy. You're playing a character with, you know incredible powers or abilities and no no repercussions for what you do and so i'm sure i made life for my dm hell although to be fair he was also a beginning dm and he wasn't very good at it oh that's a that's a um, bad combination it's not a great combination hard, so it's hard you know to learn in that it's hard to learn what's the right thing to do or what's conducive to good play when everyone's new at the thing I will say though that we experienced, um, um, like my my buddy Chris and I, we uh, played with him quite regularly for a while, and we slowly got a bit better over the course of a few years, and the DM did not. So <laughs> we we quickly realized, oh, it's it's actually he's just a bad DM, like <laughs> oh, full oh, on. It's not me. It's you. No, oh. it was me, but then it stopped being me, and it continued to be him. Um, and like we're talking full on railroading, uh, plot twists that were not predictable because he would just introduce them at random, oh. um, puzzles Man, that you, know you could never answer, that sort of thing. People that build their whole campaign on randomly generated nonsense, it's just it's the worst. it's poor craft. Yeah. It's poor craft. No thought goes into it. I mean, you just none whatsoever. Throw some dice and cobble together something. Yeah, whatever. Absolute bargain basement uh, nonsense. Yeah, I, We're still going to do that later, though, right? I mean, I, I assume so. You're, you're, I that's what you're doing, right? When we, we switch the tables for that, right? Yeah, no, it's cool. I just, I just want to make sure. Okay. While we are making fun of it, I want to make sure that that is exactly <laughs> what we are planning to do. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> cool. I'm, go, cool. I'm we, cool with we that. Give don't do advice. it, though. People <laughs> out there, don't do, don't do as we are doing. Do as we say, <laughs> not as we do. Come on. You know this trick. You grew up with it. Every one of you did. You went to school. You had parents, you had older friends, 
you know what to, you know people give you advice that they don't follow come on yeah but yeah no i i started as a complete complete id creature when i played uh what did, what was your first experience as a, as a player like well it's it's interesting i'm i'm experiencing a bit of similar thing to you right now my my first experience though was with a bunch of stereotypical nerds is kind of how i would go with it like when you think of sure like the tv D nerd yes i played with a group of those and you know what i enjoyed that and i still kind of miss some of that play okay however mm-hmm. it was difficult to start in that because and, and i actually had this discussion online with some other people D is not a good entry point for most people because it okay. has a lot of rules it has a it lot does. going on. Even 5th edition has a lot going on, and it can be overwhelming for new people. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it is clearly the most, probably the most famous RPG out there, so I can definitely see that it would be the entry point for most, but I can definitely see how it might not be the most conducive. Right. And part of the reason, and this is what I actually had a discussion about, is part of the reason it has maintained this juggernaut status is because of the name recognition Mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily the best system for any particular group you know but it is an easy name to cash in on it's an easy way to get people to step their foot in the door the problem is it's rather complicated so if you're not like me who enjoys like oh wait this can interact with that this way and then i can do this this way it's it can drive you away from the game and and i joined the game and within like three sessions we had gone Gestalt, which is where you add another class and advance them both simultaneously. And yeah. so I had to then, I having just spent a bunch of time learning and delving through all the materials, and they had everything. Because this was like mid-late, mid-to-late 3.5 D&D, mm-hmm. when all the books were out there. And between the five people at the table, I had access to every book physically. Right. Yeah. So I went through all of that, decided on what I was going to play, built the character played him for a few levels, and then had to go through it all again to find a, a class that would complement it. And I did it from a very mechanical standpoint, which then informed me as a player for a long yeah. time going forward. Obviously, since then, I do still enjoy the mechanical side of things. But sure. part of my evolution and maturing as a player was to realize that mechanics are only part of the equation. And they cannot be all of the equation, especially in D&D. Mm-hmm. Outside of, you know, specific instances where you're doing like a one shot or, you know, a game that's yeah. specifically for something like that. Right. Yeah. I am, however, running my dad and two brothers. And until the pandemic hit, I was running two other brothers and one of their friends through just learning Pathfinder first and second edition. And okay. it was very interesting because I have two people or one person in each group make the common mistake of being a stereotypical D&D play character. So cuz I have the I have the rogue who steals from everybody, wants all the stuff but doesn't want to be a party player but wants everyone else to help them when they're in need. And I have another one who is the stereotypical quiet loner. Right. And and so it it's been interesting watching that watching them grow from there because I have to try I keep having to try and gauge them on other sides. Okay, tell me why your character would do this. Or sometimes I take not control, but I I insert a little bit of knowledge. I'm like your character is smart enough to not make a decision like that in this case. Yeah. Cuz like they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, I want to run in an attack." I'm like, 
Okay. Do you though? Your character, the way you've described them, you you can make this choice. But the way you've described your character to me, I don't think would do that because the door could be trapped. This could be a huge monster. You you've run into several instances where things have not worked out well. So remember that as you make your choice. Now, do you still want to do that? Because you are more than welcome to. And that's I think helping people mature as players is much easier if you have a decent DM or someone who at least cares about that. Yeah. I've done similar things uh, for my kids as well. Um, you know, cause you can't expect a first time player, especially a very young one mm-hmm. to understand like that your character. And in her case, she's an eldritch knight and she's been raised in the military. So she mm-hmm. has a, an understanding of the fundaments of tactics uh, and, you know, strategy of battle oddly enough my my nine-year-old daughter doesn't so i mean maybe a bit of a failure of parenting on my part but (laughs) um but nonetheless you know it's it's okay to give them a bit of uh just a bit of incentive without full-on railroading them Mm -hmm. just sort of like um okay maybe just let's stop and think about this for a moment yeah but uh I, i definitely wouldn't do that with as much with an adult players i do with a child even you know depending sorry try that again even if they're still a relatively new player you know what i mean yes oh definitely but yeah there is also the thing that i think was hardest for me to learn took me the longest uh, before i became what i would consider is at least a a decent table player is it's okay to let other people weigh in on what my character would do because Mm -hmm. I, and we've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah. You, as the player, cannot know everything that your character knows. And yeah, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. If your DM says only you, the the player, can make the decision on what your character knows, or only what you know is what the character knows, or anything like that, enforces something yeah. like that on there, then tell them anytime they swing a sword at you to go grab something and swing it at you. Because that's the same kind of nonsense you're asking. Or if they, if they want your monster to fly up, I'm like, okay, I need you to fly up to the ceiling and prove that you can do that before I'll accept that your play- monster can do that. Yeah, that's the same old nonsense that I ran into uh, playing a bard as a teen when they're like, okay, so tell us the stories your character's going to tell. Mm-hmm. Now, Why would you do that? If you are comfortable as a player doing that, do it. Sure. Jump in. Go balls to the wall. I I fully support it. <laughs> Swing that axe at your DM. Yeah. <laughs> Let him know you mean it. He won't question you twice. Maybe lay off the weapon and stuff. <laughs> yeah. She's going to say, you know what? You're good. I think maybe we don't have to test you this time. But you, the player, having lived a completely different life, learned a completely different set of skills. Probably. Just cannot fully embody this other person that you've made yeah. up in your head. They, they have sure. parts of you. You can kind of guess that I think they would generally tend this way, but it is okay to one, ask for help or say, I need, I I think this is the right call, but I need someone to double check me because I I feel weird about this call. Or when someone says, Hey, is that something that you think your character would do? Or, Hey, would you mind doing this for, you know, to help me out? Or, Hey, have you considered this option? You don't have to take any suggestion anyone else gives you. Your character is yours. But it yeah, is okay. Or you can just take bits and pieces of their suggestions, for sure. Exactly. But it Workshop is, it. It is okay to get help on your character and figuring out what your character would do, because your character knows and is expert at different things than you are. Yeah, yeah, and for that, sure. And that, I think, once you accept that, 
that I think that is actually where a lot of the the um, oh, what's it called now? Is it? It's not cooperative. It's collaborative. Yeah, the more yeah, that's the word. The more collaborative role playing games have come about because people made that yeah. connection, and they're like, well, why don't we just make that the game? So then you get yeah, for sure. You know, okay, well, we're going to do a scene together. What sort of things are happening? Okay, let's play out how that works. Because then you've you've kind of already laid out the rough points, and then you kind of fill it in by playing it. I think that's a lot of where some of that stuff came from because people realized, well, I can't embody that. I can't yeah. be this thing that I'm not. I can go to a certain point. I mean, like an actor. No, you think those actors on stage are really flying? No, no, they're they're hooked up to a line. Something is helping lift them up at that moment. Yeah. And yeah, good point. You can have someone help lift you up, and your uh, your gameplay can go that much higher. And DMs out there. You can chime in and say, here's a piece of information you may have forgotten you got. Because yep. your players yep. may not remember everything that you've said. But if it's important to the character... Then they likely would have remembered. Yeah. So for sure. like in, in, the, in my Silence Divine campaign that I'm still running, I have a player who is always thinking that everything is fake. He thinks everything is still a simulation. They're still deep within this fake world. And so anytime they get stuck in a place... I find a way to say, okay, you have been thinking that everything is fake all this time. Here's some inconsistencies you have noted just recently. And it, it, it can guide them to a certain area because it's something their player or their character would have noticed and made yeah. connections on. Or at least noticed. And then you let the player make the connections. Sorry. It's, yeah. a, it's a big rant. I, I've been, been on, <laughs> I've been on rants about helping people be better players and gamers lately. So... I will give some space no. now. You say something, King. Monday. Yeah, no, fully, fully <laughs> on board with that. Uh, it's, it's kind of a holdover, I think, from old, uh, like many of the traditional board games, to to feel that you're competing with other players yes. too. So, I mean, the more we can do away with that, the better uh, most typical role playing experiences become, for sure. It it became yeah. a joke in my last group before my current incarnation of the game that I'm running. The Silence yeah. Divine, there was a different person GMing and there was other people at the table. And one of the running gags was anytime the players would do really well against something the GM had set up, yeah, he would get angry, but he would try and hide it. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, you know, a, a character would show up from nowhere and just be overpowering in some specific way. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like they had perfectly prepared everything they needed to counter the god wizard who their whole thing is i will never mm -hmm. die that's all they they bent all their will to this one idea and so now all of a yeah. sudden he's like yeah. well this is a special item that works completely by the rules and we looked it up later and it, it doesn't what and and <laughs> it all it did was it depowered him just enough that he now is worried about death okay and so a running gag became it's not adversarial. We're just playing the game. And what's really sad is now running that game for some of those same people. Mm -hmm. If they trounce an encounter, they look at me and they're like, sorry if I'm just running over you. I'm like, hey, man, no, no. If you're having fun. <laughs> That's the whole point of the game. I'm having yeah. fun. Like, you're going to walk yeah. over some stuff. I'm going to push you some stuff. I'm going to put stuff in front of you that you may have to run away from because it's just overpowering. Yeah. My goal is never to beat you. I want you to feel accomplished at the end. Now, speaking about maturing as a player, setting aside DM difficulties at the moment, yes. 
when you were beginning, would you confront a DM if they were doing something that you didn't uh, think was working out, or if you thought they were doing something that was a problem? That that was another hard thing to learn. That it's okay. You can one point out something to a, a yeah. DM or GM and say, "Hey, I don't know if this works by the rules the way you're playing it." You have mm-hmm. to do it nicely because it is. It's not their game, but you've agreed to let them run, and that gives them certain yeah. rights yeah. in certain systems. And two, if you don't like some of the liberties that are being taken, you, you can leave. You don't have to stick around with a group yeah. that is working in a way that you don't like. Yeah, I think um, in my case, f- that experience came pretty early on. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned with, with my buddy and the, the bad DM, Good friend. I mean, that's yeah. you know one of the things that actually makes it hard to sometimes confront a person is you could be genuinely good friends or even uh, related to this person. You don't want to hurt their feelings, yeah. but they may suck as a dungeon master. And in this case, we got to a point pretty quickly where we were just fed up with the way he was playing games. Mm-hmm. I may have mentioned this before. There was the, the one final experience, the straw that sort of broke the camel's back. Uh, at which point we had to switch the tables, was that um, we were playing characters who had become, uh, through some magic MacGuffin, had become made of gold, and they were not vulnerable to uh, non-magical damage, right? Mm -hmm. And we were trapped in a maze uh, with uh, with a frost giant, an unconscious frost giant, barring the door, or or barring the exit through some means. Mm. And we had to try and figure out how to move or wake or dispose of the frost giant. And so we're running through the whole gamut of possibilities. Can we move it? No, it's too heavy. Can we destroy it? No, our weapons are passing harmlessly through it. Mm -hmm. But it's not an illusion. Okay, so now we're trying magical things. We're trying, you know, we basically ran through all of our uh, possibilities to the point where we had spent well over an hour Mm. Uh, of, of of game time, of in-session time, trying to figure out how to do it. And we were getting frustrated and angry because he, he wasn't providing us any further information. Oh. He was laughing at our distress. And eventually, when we finally said, okay, we're quitting, and he said, well, the answer is that you had to stab yourselves with silver daggers, the only thing you're vulnerable to, in order to renounce your magic powers to... And we're like... What? <laughs> it, yeah. That kind of thing where it made no in-game sense. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those cases where a DM gives you something and later regret it and they, they need to take it away. But he found the worst possible way to do it. And so very early on, we were like, but that doesn't make sense. And what you're doing is aggravating and stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we said it in much ruder ways because we were all 14 at the time. But... Oh, so then, you, you hadn't really developed your aggravating and stupid vocabulary yet. No, like, <laughs> you stupid baby, baby, Yeah, so we had that kind of reaction to it. So we were very upset. We were so uh-huh. upset that the next time we went to play a game and he was still the DM because he had all the books, um, we were. he's like, every game began with, you appear on a path. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we walk off the path into the woods. Path and, follows you. But then <laughs> magically the path, exactly. So we yeah. were like, you know what? We're done. So we got very early on, we were we realized there are people who will be bad DMs and you need to speak up about it and do something. And so that's when I became the default DM. I was 
if not good, I was at least not that bad. <laughs> yes. Well, and <laughs> you know, you, you probably made up for any lack in a willingness to listen to the players. Yeah, and um, I, think- I guarantee you, I made my own mistakes. Oh, but yeah. you know, it, it was useful as a player to learn that your DM's not perfect. Mm-hmm. DM will either make mistakes or sometimes even heaven forfend have bad ideas, and you do have the agency and authority to speak up and say, I, "I'm not sure about that." Yes, you know, it, it is it is a good thing to learn as a player as you mature, and, and hopefully. Mm. Y'all do it faster than I did for sure, mm. and and I don't know, probably faster than King Monkey as well. But I mean, ideally, the faster, <laughs> the sooner you can learn it, the better. You have a right to have fun at the table at every session. You have you don't have the right to be the central character, the main character, the solo character, the central character at You're any not the or Wolverine. every session. You're not the Wolverine. But okay. that doesn't mean you don't have a right to have fun and be able to be engaged. And yeah, for sure. For sure. If you're not, you as the player, the, the GM, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the GM's responsibilities there when we get to that. But yeah. you as the player have a responsibility to communicate. I feel like we've heard that word before once or twice. Communicate? To communicate with the person running the game. To or, communicate clearly, you think? You, you, I, I don't I wouldn't want to go crazy, yeah. but maybe. Oh, oh, fair enough, fair enough, okay. To communicate with the mm-hmm. maybe the other players in a sure. neutral fashion, not in an accusatory way, and not in yeah. a, a simpering way, just in a neutral. Here's how yeah. I am feeling. Here's what I am seeing. How can we work together to bridge this gap? And yeah, if you can't find that bridge, if nothing that you propose or that they propose is working, you as the player have every right to remove yourself from that game. And not feel bad that they're losing a player because you've made a good faith effort to try and bridge what you saw as a gap. That is important as a player, that you yeah. self-advocate. And when your GM is aware that they have failed in this way in the past and is willing to grow, that is amazing. I, I was listening to listen to the Orpheus Protocol podcast, and okay. recently they've started doing a kind of a recap and behind the scenes look at some of their past uh, story arcs. Yeah. And we just got to a story arc where one of the players in the early part of the game essentially paired off on their own and took yeah. up most of an arc just doing their own stuff that the DM knew couldn't work. Like knew from okay. the outset it couldn't work because the way he had set things up both from a production standpoint and from a story standpoint, like certain things had to happen, and what he was trying to do would negate them. Okay. So he kept giving them clues and things they could try, like enabling them as a player, but in doing Mm -hmm. so, one, he set them up to think they could do something that they couldn't. And two, because they were by themselves, he left the other person, the only other person playing at the time, to sit there and just twiddle their thumbs and not not be able to engage in the game. So he said in his recap, he's like, I have grown so much since then, and I don't let that happen unless I've pre-planned it so that someone's not sitting there, or I am able to pause the the recording time and say, hey, yeah. look, what's your ultimate goal here? Because X, Y, and Z aren't going to happen, but I want you to express how your character deals with this, and I want it to resolve adequately without destroying everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's a good that's a good thing to do. Is just like speak up, address the issue, see if mm-hmm. you guys can find uh, some kind of solution together. You know, I actually had a I had a player reach out to me about a month ago and say, "Hey, you know, if it works out in your plan going forward, I would love uh, at least a, a session or two of an old fashioned dungeon crawl." Mm-hmm. And it just so happened I had a player tell me that they probably weren't going to be there a couple sessions later. I said, I got you. And I planned a thing where we discovered, delved a little bit into his backstory, went through yeah. several dungeons as they kind of went through the trials to be granted a boon. And mm-hmm. one of the things I'd set up, I'd set up, I thought it was a pretty cool idea for a trap or a, a trial where the whole goal was like, there are these kobolds that are trying to win favor with these dragons. And okay. so they're just grabbing every shiny thing they can. And the players mm-hmm. walk in with these keys to the doors, and the kobolds just grab the ones that are closest to their color. But the trick was you had to give the kobold the opposite color, which kind of tricks something in their brain. They unlock the door for you. You're able to walk in and okay. submit to the dragon, who then kind of completes that task. And in my mind, I'd set up all these steps, all these clues that are telling them, hey, like you have to do these things. But in the moment, they weren't getting it. and I knew I could see them getting frustrated and I could see they had bits and pieces of it. Mm -hmm. And they even looked at me and said, I feel like I'm close. And I'm like, you are. And they're like, do I have the information to solve it? I said, you do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, let's review, review the information you have with me. And so I was able to kind of, they they were communicating to me that we're stuck. We don't know what to do next. And so then I was Mm -hmm. able to respond. So, that that is a good thing. I feel like I I have succeeded as a GM in that they as players are feeling more comfortable saying I would like this or I'm struggling with this or I would like more of this in the game. It would help me to engage more for this. And that's what you want as a player. You want to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And if you don't, Where, you want that's to a direct why. opposition to my first DM, who, when we were dealing with that issue, his and we asked him like, or what are we missing? What is, like after almost an hour of struggling, asking what are we missing? And his response is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, do not laugh at me right now mm-hmm. because I'm this close to jamming my character sheet up your nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 my my reign of winter game. The, they got to a place where they were offered a choice where they could either sacrifice someone or answer a riddle. And they're like, well, we'll try the riddle. And I gave them the riddle. I looked at all their faces and I told them, I said, this riddle is answerable, but you didn't ask the right questions in the time you had. See, very early on in, in, the, same, in the same campaign that I played with that DM, we were also given a choice that someone had to sacrifice, be sacrificed, or, or there would be. And my solution, as the character who was on watch, was to actively sacrifice another player character to save my own skin, which is something I wouldn't do now because it completely mitigated that person's agency and fun in the game when I basically just threw them to the wolves and had them killed yeah. to save the rest of the group. Oh, yeah. Mind you, the DM did not provide any other options. Yeah, and and I, I've I've made a point of telling my players, I'm like, there is never only one path of success. There may be a best yeah. path. There may be one that doesn't Seems cause other problems. Or... There may be the obvious one, 
but there is yeah. never only one. And if you come up with something right. that I think is valid, I will allow mm-hmm. it to happen because I want you as players to have agency. I have a story yeah, that I'm telling. Sure. There's stuff happening in the world, and the way you interact with that determines the shape of things. But your choices will always matter. And I think that is something a player should internalize. And when we yeah. get to GM stuff, uh, we'll talk more about how you make sure to do that for your players. Yeah, exactly. My cat's purring now. <laughs> yep, yep. From death to purring. Uh-huh. That's a cat. Do cats have schizophrenia? Like, every one of them? I sometimes think they might. No, no, no. They're just out to mess with your head. <laughs> it's working. They're, they're all in. They're all enchantresses. <laughs> They all have been in a Zack Snyder Suicide Squad movie. No, he didn't do that one. It was. Uh, <laughs> I don't even care who it was. Yeah, I don't it wasn't care a good movie. either. I just I didn't yeah. like it. And I, yeah, <laughs> I figured Zack Snyder works with it, right? <laughs> Although I will say I, that one scene where June Moon transforms into Enchantress. Oh, that's cool. Where she just whispers the name and the hand comes. That was beautiful. That one shot alone, fantastic. Oh yeah. The, the way the, the, the hands kind of the like fingers, held each yeah. other and then turned and then around. Twist around. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Good. Beautiful. So good. Shame about the movie <laughs> yeah. that it was in. but <laughs> if, if that scene was the whole movie, A+. Plus. A little short, but A+. Plus. <laughs> there were a lot of individual things that I liked about the movie. The problem was that they were all together like just a garbage quilt. Mm-hmm. Like excellent, excellent squares, excellent panels or patches individually. Mm-hmm. But then you just went through them. Oh, anyway. Well, it's it's like a kid who like I like yeah. all these colors, and then they slap all the paint together, and it's like that's not all those colors. That's yeah. brown. That's it's gray. Mess. It's all gray. It's all brownish <laughs> it's gray. Gross. <laughs> slightly purple. It, I've garbage. made prettier things in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And more colorful. <laughs> Rainbow poop. <laughs> I I wonder if someone. I wonder if someone's ever made something to make your poop colorful when it comes out. Could you do I that guarantee, without... I guarantee you there's an article about it on the internet. I, I guarantee you it was like a 70s toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of your poops being boring? <laughs> I am. Oh, boy. Well, take this die number seven. <laughs> I would just like to point out, Simmy, that you've fallen for my trap and we've begun the poop cast anew. <laughs> Nope, because hey, I'm we switching the tables on Did you. we ever introduce ourselves? Because we usually do that at the beginning of an episode, don't we? I think you started to, <laughs> but I was trying to do your part from the beginning. Where oh, man. I just jump in with a bit. and Well, at nearly an hour into the episode, I'm King Monkey. <laughs> and With me, as always, is Simi. <laughs> yep. As we <laughs> said at the beginning of the podcast... Obviously. Yeah, for sure. If you you must have not heard that because you weren't paying attention. What I'm going to do is so I'm going to copy you. this and slap <laughs> yeah. it on the front and then just leave this here. Yep, for sure. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> and now on with the show. <laughs> and now we move on to our beloved Advemble Accenture segment. So, uh, hey, Simi. Hey, what? Now that we've switched the tables. Um, oh, oh, man. We keep switching these tables. Do you have a theme song for the Adventure Assemble segment? Okay. All right. I I, I was prepping myself, but I didn't want to plan something because I want to do it in the sure. true King Monkey spirit. <laughs> Absolute by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Sweating hair of your... Yeah. Here, here's how little yeah. prep I've done. I have one tab open. <laughs> okay. And that's our outline. And I that's don't it. even look that's at that. Need. That's all you I need. I just every once in a while click around on it because I see like your thing will flash. And I'm like, oh, click, yeah. click, click, click. 
He's doing a thing. <laughs> oh, I can do that too. <laughs> All right, so okay. give me the give me the intro again. And now it's time to assemble the adventure. Oh, I thought you I thought you jumbled the words. Advemble Accenture. I said Advemble Accenture. If you heard it the right way around, that's because you just used to it that way. Oh, oh, I'm the problem. Right, right. Okay. Not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah, yeah. Sing us a song, Simmy. Once long ago, I set my foot upon the path. I walked far across the land. Very well done. Fantastic. It at least meets the standard that I've set. That's all I'm going for. Meets expectations. Hey, baby, you know who's adequate? This guy. (laughs) Who's got two thumbs and is adequate. Hey, yeah. They call me Mr. Passable. Yeah. He's Mr. Lukewarm. He's Mr. Damp. You know, like, like, um, miser. I'm th- yeah, okay. I was thinking about something else, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it's fine. It's fantastic. I like what you've done with the place. Ah, <laughs> oh, all right. What are we doing? What am I doing? So we're beginning a new adventure today, uh-huh. and uh, in the spirit of switching the tables, oh, tables. I am going to be start setting everything up. And Simi, I'm going to get you to roll a one d hundred twice. Oh. Now, so start with the first one and give me the result. Now, it's when you say one D hundred, do you mean the single yeah. D hundred die or the pair of D hundred and D ten that form a full number one through? No, no. no. It specifically has to be a D one hundred, resulting in a number between one and double zero. Okay. Well, then I refuse. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. This has been RPGX Radio, and I refuse on the fact that I don't have one of those. Okay. And I think they're dumb. Fair enough. I mean, it's basically like a golf ball. A buddy yeah. of mine had it, and it just kept rolling. It's like, roll. Uh, maybe just don't, because it takes five minutes for the thing to stop. <laughs> One of the guys in my in my Silence Divine campaign has a yeah. D30. Yeah. What is the point of that? Uh, that's exactly what I asked him. He he said something, and I feel my same like friend it... had the, my same my buddy the same guy with the D100 had a D30. I was like, that's fine, but what are you yeah. ever 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 going to use that for? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. I, he had a reason for it. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Don't remember what it was, but okay, I got my. I'm sure, it was a garbage reason. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I mean, you're gonna come up. Got my dice, up. and I am rolling. All right. So, what's the first roll? Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Okay. So, what we are doing is we are rolling uh, for the attributes of our planet. Okay. Where the adventure begins. Okay. Psionic sphere. Psionic. Psionics. Sorry, no. Psionics. Second word, fear, as in a fear of psionics. Oh, okay. Psionics and okay. fear are the whole are the thing here. Okay. And roll for a second one for the second tag for our world. You know what? I'm not using the same D- D100. I know you said twice. That's fair. I'm rolling a different one. I've actually got roll. my whole set of dice here. I'm rolling them. Mm-hmm. 37. 37. Hive mind. Oh, boy. Mm. Okay. So let me just take a quick gander on down to... Stop that. What are you doing? Hive mind and psionic sphere. Now you're purring next to me. 
She's lying down with her head on my hand. You think I've forgotten what you did to me? I did, because you're adorable. All right. <laughs> Speaking so, of psionics and fear. <laughs> yeah, psionic fear. Hive mind. Natives of this world exist in a kind of mental gestalt, sharing thoughts and partaking of a single identity. Okay. Powerful pre-tech, exotic psionics, alien influence, or some other cause has left the world sharing one identity. Okay, so this is the that Rick and Morty planet where the person you know what, the one it that took over everything. It actually makes me think of Hellscape from Alien Legion comics, but okay, you know, and, and that doesn't mean anything to anybody else but me. Um, <laughs> and the other one was Psionics Fear. Locals are terrified of psychics. Perhaps their history is studded with feral psychics who went on murderous rampages, or perhaps they simply nurse an unreasoning terror of those mutant freaks. Psychics demonstrate their powers at risks of their own lives. Okay, okay. I have an idea. Okay. So, so yes, I, tell me your idea. The bare bones idea here is yep. that whatever happened that turned this place into a hive mind also sort of created mm. this warping in like the a mind. Psychic scar. And so they've adapted to being a hive mind. Okay. And now, whenever someone breaks from that, it threatens the integrity of the whole hive mind because everyone feels the break. And they are now free of the hive mind but also able to exert influence on it. They're free of its control, okay. but their their mental power allows them to I- exert influence on it. So they are afraid of all these people who are individually extremely powerful mm-hmm. alone, and but, but they are individual, and that is now to be feared in this planet that runs on essentially harmony. Okay, I can see it. Okay. Well, with the next step here, we will further develop the uh, details of this world. Okay. 1D5. Yeah. Okay. To determine what is happening. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask you yeah. this because okay. you know what? You've got a D- Don't even you've, stop it. You've got a stop D5 it. here. Just roll a D5, man. And you've got mm-hmm. a D13 later. I yeah. saw that. Because, we, because that. we are in the 21st century God. now, man. We live in the future. I okay. have a chance to roll dice, and you're gonna make me use generators because I'm rolling a d10 right now, and you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> like it. You know uh, what we used to do for d5s because there was a role playing game that I use I played that did it. You would roll a d10 and basically just have the result, yeah, of, or minus five from the result if it was six or higher. So you can still roll a d10. Oh yeah, and when, figure it out. When I do like a d3, it's it's it, you roll a d6, and one two is one, two three is two, three four is three. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's already too complicated. I do one, two, and three is one, two, and three. Four, five, and six is also one, two, and three. So whichever. Uh, so if you want, you could roll a d10, and we could oh. we could hammer our heads together to figure it out from there. You know, or you can just you know, use a simulator. I made the same mistake that I did when I made up our first success through failure table. Which did you? I put the same number. One and two is one. Two and three is two. No, it's one and two is one. There you go. Three and four is two. Five and six is three. <laughs> There you go. Apparently, there you go. numbers is There's hard. a lot of numbers between one and six is all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. I'm going to roll a D10. That would be a five. Okay. Adjusted for a five. All right. So now we're going to have to refer to the individual planet tags to figure this out. But the uh. idea is an enemy seeks the death of his Oh, thank you for the typos. I'm going to assume that's brother. An enemy seeks the death of his brother, a friend, by arranging the failure of his grav flyer or shuttlecraft in dangerous terrain while the party is coincidentally aboard. 
Okay, so... The party must survive the environment and bring proof of the crime out with them. So from that, we know this is a, also a technologically advanced place. Yeah. I know that was now one of the, the options, w- but now we kind of know that. See, they mention things specifically. Enemy and friend. And each of the planet tags provides uh, a suggestion for an enemy or friend. Okay. For example, psionics fear... Um, I'm going to say psychic fear because psionic sphere sounds a lot like psionic sphere, and those are not the same thing. Wait, wait, say them again. So, psionic fear, psionic sphere. Yeah, I, <laughs> They're I too close together, so I'm going to say psychic. I'm going to say mental power afraid. Okay. <laughs> enemy, for, for that one, they suggest enemy could be a mental purity investigator, a suspicious zealot, or a witch finder, and a friend could be a hidden psychic. Off-worlder psychic trap here, or an off-worlder educator. Mm. And under hive mind, let's see, uh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Um, hive mind, enemy could be a hive mind that wants to assimilate outsiders. A hive mind that has no respect for unjoined life, mm-hmm. or a hive mind that fears and hates unjoined life. Yeah. And the friend could be a scholar studying the hive mind, a person severed from the gestalt. Or relative of someone who has been assimilated. Oh man, look at that. Without even getting those, I basically nailed it already. So we're suggesting that with the nature of the planet itself, or the world itself, something has happened in the past which either forced the people into a hive mind or the hive mind was a response to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, historical catastrophe. I like the idea... Of kind of inverting in the the, the norm the norm <clears throat> okay. here, which normally it'd be a hive mind is the thing to fear. So in right. this case, something bad happened, and the hive mind was the result. And from that, they were able to ascend to a higher technological harmony. But then that created that that sort of harmony and and elevation and evolution of spirit almost also created Perhaps. these these yeah. not mutants but like these powerful minds that sort of broke from everything because as we know one voice cannot be the only thing for success i mean in anything Mm -hmm. if one thing is driving it forward it's it's never going to be as good as individual like individuals contributing and creating a better whole now one person can bring it all together one person can kind of tie everything together but if it's all Mm -hmm. one consciousness driving everything you're you're gonna go down some tracks that are ultimately failures and take you twice as long. So I think the individualism is a natural offshoot of things trying to reassert mm-hmm. themselves into a more natural stasis, but the hive mind is fearful of that. Because what if the thing that caused them to become hive mind in the first place still exists? What if that threat still is there? Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? I'm betting that this planet was already psychic to begin with. Yes. Like psychic powers were common to begin with, and that either... Um, yes. Caused a psychic war or became um, maybe lured, uh, uh, became alluring to some kind of psychic entity that attacked. Um, and then their response, the only thing that would defeat whatever it was, was to join the psychic powers of literally every sentient mind on the planet into a hive mind. What if it was. Which was capable. What if it was like a, a world ending catastrophe? Yeah. Like like whatever maybe they caused it, maybe maybe their warring caused it, but like the world was coming to an end and like you said the only choice at that point was everyone 
had to sink deep into a meditative state and pool their energy to hold, literally hold the world together. And I bet you they didn't know that this would result in a permanent psychic link between all living people and that that would pay passed on to the future generations who would be born into that psychic link. Right. Exactly. And, and so, so like they have the, they, in the early years, all their psychic potential went to maintaining this hive mind. But now as they are born into more generations of it, they're becoming more powerful just in the nature. Like they're holding it just as a matter of existence now. And so now some people are born with even higher potential. And if that potential Mm -hmm. is realized through stress or, you know, whatever they, Mm -hmm. at that point, snap are broken out of this hive mind. And if too many people have that, or if people who are this powerful propagate too much, it threatens to destroy the hive mind. And maybe the hive mind doesn't even understand that it's holding the world together in this way. It just understands that breaking it is bad. Okay. So from the outside, people are going to see this. They're going to see individualism being stomped out, and they're not mm-hmm. going to understand that it kind of needs to be in, in in a way. Because if it stays here, it's going to threaten the destruction of the entire world and every person, every physical body here. Okay. So who are we suggesting might be the enemy in in question here then? I feel like it needs to be someone who is studying the hive mind. Because that was one of the things that came up, right? That was intended to be one of the friends, but you know what? I could easily see it as, as the um, as an enemy as well. well yeah, what I think is, it's a friend to the hive mind. So when this person splits zealot. out, when this person spins out as an individual, mm-hmm. they still see this person as a friend, but this person now becomes an enemy of the hive mind. So they kind of fill both roles because okay. they see individualism as important, coming from a society that does that. And they see that the hive mind is now trying to end them. And it's like, whoa, whoa, I thought we were cool, man. And so they fill the same role because the individual is still, like, up until the break, was still the exact same person as the hive mind. They don't have as much expansive consciousness, but their core is, is still built on that foundation. So now the, I, the, the scenario then, an enemy seeks the death of his brother. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I hate to correct you, but it says border. It does say border, and you will notice that it's not dangerous terrain. It's dangereux en français. <laughs> not a word. Death of his border. Dangerous. <laughs> that's that's that thanks to the. Girl is so the... dangerous. <laughs> She's so dangerous. She's a bad grill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So is our enemy then is someone who someone who by dint of their physiology or psychology has broken from the hive mind and now seeks the death of their like people are still being born in a relatively humanish way uh, or whatever race it is yeah. where it's like parents have a child or multiple children and one of them is broken away and now he is seeking the death of his brother who is still part of the hive mind I guess I guess that's the question that we have to answer here is who's what what uh, sorry what perspective are we telling this story from are we telling it from the perspective of the hive mind or the perspective of the person who has broken away and allied themselves with this opportunistic person who's trying to help them flee the hive mind I got to say I like the idea of the hive mind being the 
good side of this conflict because it's so commonly um, approached as being bad mm-hmm. in most of science fiction or fantasy. You okay. Know, the Borg or zombies or uh, insect things or or whatever it is. It's it's almost always seen as bad because we're individualist as a race. But what if hive mind is good? The hive mind has brought these people together. It has ended war. It has ended poverty. It has ended discrimination because they are all, if not one, they are all linked so that there is a greater empathy amongst themselves, maybe not with other races outside of the hive mind. Right, because there's there's complete understanding at all times among all people, and there isn't disagreement because... They, all they can understand the where the other is coming from. Right. Exactly. So any disagreements that do come up, they can come up with. It's super yeah. hard to actually imagine what that would be like because... That ain't us. Yeah, well, <laughs> that ain't us, brother. <laughs> even when we are on the same side, we can't ever fully understand and yeah. exist as other people. Whereas a hive mind, mm. depending on how it's set up, they they right. are all one person existing in multiple bodies at the same they, they essentially are sentient fingers of this I, I would be body. willing to say that if we're dealing with a race of individuals let's say it's a subconscious knowledge that they all share and that anytime they can access consciously okay you know what i mean so it's like we all know i know that you're linked with me and there's sort of a, a general undercurrent that goes along with that but if there's ever any kind of confusion, at that point, we can access each other more fully in order to resolve that. Okay. So they are so still it's, there's a certain degree, yeah. to, a, to a degree, but they can at any time literally put Deep themselves in, in each other's shoes and from that point discuss mm-hmm. in a way that we can't as, you know, normal, quote unquote, humans. Yeah. You decide where the quotes are. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> um, Part, we, between we the, never between the U and the A. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can deal with that. There, there. You are always able to t- touch on other people in a way that is just foreign to our understanding. Yeah. And okay. just due to being conditioned to have that all the time, there's a subconscious sort of assurance that you and I are the same. You and I are linked. And that is an undercurrent through day-to-day life. So I think I think the enemy is definitely the 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 psionically gifted person who has shattered their link to the hive mind. Right. And the friend is trying to help them. Well, the the friend I think that it's a it's a friend to you, the player, who may or may not be part of the hive mind. So what we have here is there's the enemy in this story is someone who has split from the hive mind. Are they the only one? Probably not. Um, but the enemy is seeking revenge against his brother or her brother. Says his. Okay. Border. The, yeah, but their brother. Uh-huh. Whoever's border it is. Border. Um, yeah. Okay. So is, seek, is seeking revenge against their sibling, maybe because that person f- refused to join or refused to separate? What if Maybe this person is a zealot who wants to get away from the hive mind. What if... Okay, okay. What if this is a set of twins, which is why mm-hmm. they are oh. super powerful, but okay. one of them chose to subsume themselves deeper in the hive mind rather than like let this power overwhelm their link, while the other okay. 
that power expressed through them gave them a feeling of individuality that was intoxicating. So they broke out. And so the, the individual mm-hmm. sees the, their brother, their twin, who, who they shared a connection with on another level, even than the hive mind. Yeah. They, they basically were one person in two bodies. Cause you now know, that person he's re- they're resentful that yes. you refused to join, that you refused to come with me on this adventure. And so they're trying to show, like, put them in a serious situation of stress, which is where the graph flyer mm-hmm. comes in. Unfortunately, yeah. it goes farther than they planned because they don't have access to the full hive mind. They can't plan as meticulously as they're used to. Right. By drawing on you know every mathematician out there and every engineer to do it exactly right. And right. so it goes too far. The grav flyer breaks and explodes or crashes, and they have to. They actually experience mm-hmm. that death, and it just drives them further away from the hive mind because they're like, "Why would I ever want to be like that again?" Right. So yeah, the grav the the failure of the grav flyer or shuttlecraft in Dangior's terrain, <laughs> while the party, which will be you eventually, is coincidentally aboard. The party must survive the environment and bring proof of the crime. So yeah, the brother, the the border could be could be dead or could be a, could have survived. And I, I think the, the the enemy wouldn't know because they're no longer linked. I think the um I think that person we were talking about, that outsider who was mm-hmm. friends with the hive mind, is tr- is trying to essentially like um negotiate between the individual and the hive mind, and so they're kind of caught in the middle of this. Okay. They're not, but they are leaning towards, you know, fighting for this individual's right to exist, not understanding kind of the full intricacies of what's going on. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a good start so far. Because that's, I mean, that's what the part here where they, they have, we have to bring proof of the crime because we, we are trying to prove that a crime was committed. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to convince this outside party, like, hey, you need to leave them alone because you don't understand. Not only... Not only did they they kill someone, but they're putting everything at risk. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think we've got a pretty good start to the thing yeah, so far. I, I like this. And, this is uh, interesting. And then next week we will be able to figure out just who the hell are you? What do you have to do in all of this? Who are and you? then yeah, like <laughs> what, what? Why? What? Did, why did you get involved in all of this? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, and, I had some ideas that I was playing around with, but. I, mm-hmm. I honestly got to re go back to the drawing board a little bit and, and reevaluate some of those. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the fun of the uh, Advembola Accenture is just the coming up with something on the spot, and then some. You think ahead, and you're like, "Oh, I like I like this idea, I like this idea." Then the idea coalesces, and you're like, "My idea does not <laughs> does not fit in this at all." So you got to come up with a new one. Yeah, well, and it's just it's just like when we were talking about the hive mind, you know, mm-hmm. like. A yeah. lot of these bits came just from putting all them these things together. Like, hey, don't let anyone tell you that randomly generating a plot can't work because it is a look brilliant how amazing idea. this is. It's amazing. It, it is. I mean, it, incredible. It, it sparks creativity in a way that you could not have conceived of if you were sitting there and trying to meticulously plan every little bit. And, and all you so, have I mean, to do is for put sure. a minimal amount of effort in to string these things together. Like, it doesn't Guaranteed. matter that it wasn't seated before this moment that this is where we're going. We've managed to seamlessly put it all together. This, I mean, honestly, anyone who does it any other way is just wrong. Yeah, no, it's definitely, there are shortcuts and you should take them. Yeah. And if you ever decide to do all the work, 
you are a fool. And and this is this is only really? if you've t- settled on the on not doing the superior method of wholesale stealing from someone else. Obviously. Well, I mean, obviously. If you're not obviously. stealing from someone <laughs> goes else, without saying. you might as well just randomly generate yeah, an improv on the, in the moment. Oh, 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 why is that happening? What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? All of a sudden, my right click started clicking for no reason. Don't start right clicking for no reason. That was very weird. Did you click record at the beginning of this? <gasps> yeah, I did. <gasps> I, I actually, I am paranoid about that, so I check it like every 15 minutes. I, I like, yeah, I will, fair enough. I barely touch my mouse. I slide over. I gently click. I'm like, okay, it's still recording. Now use the peel of my hand to not touch any buttons. <laughs> like you're working around a bomb. It's oh, like yeah. nitroglycerin. You don't even touch it, Only man. it's more dangerous because I don't want to try and remake this stuff, okay? This is oh, gold, Jesus, and I no. cannot no, redo no, no. it. <laughs> it frankly would not be worth the effort. Oh, yeah. One day, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't record the thing. It's like, well, I guess that's the end of the podcast <laughs> I now. guess they're only going to hear I guess we're done. side of it tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to release <laughs> it with just you go, yeah. Oh, that's a good – yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm going to jump and on for that. Your, <laughs> for your side, you're going to intersperse just little segments of the song Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. <laughs> and that'll be that. Yep. It's <laughs> like maturing as a player, and I found I ran to this. Yeah, I get knocked down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, go on. And I get up again. Yeah, you know, I do sure. the same that's thing <laughs> with my players. <laughs> <laughs> So 22 minutes of that, is that our next 22 <laughs> minutes episode of one person versus Chumbawamba? That's, and you know what the best part is? That's two episodes. <laughs> that is. That, you're right. That's right. One episode is Chumbawamba's tub thumping. The other one's Chumbawamba's actually, song, Mary Mary. Actually, problem solved. that's three episodes because we can record a real episode. Oh, true. And true. then we can split our voices Sounds like a lot of work, Chumbawamba sure. and have mm-hmm. three whole, we can have a whole month almost out of that one idea. And then is the final day just playing Chumbawamba on a 22-minute loop? <laughs> it sounds like a lot less work and therefore the better option. <laughs> oh, but we're probably going to have to look into rights to the song, though. I'll just I'll just record oh. a MIDI version with me singing off lyrics. Parody is theoretically protected co- ground. It's yeah, just if they yeah. decide to get all liturgic, lit, lit, litigious... Litigious. Litigious? Yes. I, said, I almost said <laughs> yep. liturgical. I'm like, that's not right. That's not the same thing. Nope. <laughs> they try to, if they try to get litigious, like, I think I'm okay, but I'm not going to spend I them- do fall down, but then I rise up, and <laughs> then I do fall down again. <laughs> I get stood up. Oh, my God. But I fall down again. <laughs> and now it's all awful, and it's definitely what we're going to do. <laughs> I still have those song parodies that I've just never- <laughs> finished and recorded i have all it does sound, i mean it's also a lot of work this well yeah that, I, mean. I mean that's that's why things haven't been done but i think and not not <laughs> to call out too many d- prospective dms but isn't half the fun just coming up with all the ideas and then never go following through on them <laughs> coming up with all these ideas and having your players turn around and walk <laughs> away from them isn't that what we're all here to be dms for to have them ignore i love it yeah. <laughs> I should, have, I should have just let myself get carried away and then cut in with a boop. And that's all we've got time for today. There we go. Thank you for joining us today on Switch the Tables with King Monkey and Simmy. We done! We done. We can't end without doing that. Okay, hang on a second here. Okay. Hang on. 
My cat is going savage, and she looks like she's about to attack me. No, stop it. Stop it. She did the same thing last night. It's the first time that she's done it. And she's much bigger than my old cat. So you, no, don't. Don't abuse me. She's a, she's a, what do you call a polydactyl cat, where she's got, like, a thumb. Because she's got an extra set of claws. Uh, no, don't look at me like that. Cupcake, don't. No. You don't get to jump at me. <laughs>